0: Hello there. Thank you for joining for yet another episode of Turkey Book Talk. I'm William Armstrong. I'm speaking to you from here in Leicester today. In this podcast, we hear from authors of newly released books on Turkey and the region. Give our Facebook page a like and or follow the Twitter account at Turkey Book Talk. There are show notes and links at armstrongwilliam.wordpress.com. And please do rate or review the podcast wherever you listen to it, which helps more people find it. Do consider signing up to become a Turkey Book Talk member for exclusive extras and help us keep going. Joining as a signed up member gets you transcripts in both English and Turkish of every interview published on Turkey Book Talk via email as soon as the episode is published. You also get transcripts of the entire Turkey Book Talk archive, which so far amounts to almost 100 conversations and which includes a number of extra interviews not previously published on the podcast. Members also get access to an exclusive discount deal, a whopping 35% off the cover price of books published in IB Taurus's extensive Turkey and Ottoman history category. IB Taurus, which is now part of Bloomsbury, has well over 400 books in its Turkey and Ottoman history series including both academic and general interest titles. Turkey Book Talk members receive a special code for a 35% discount on books in that series, including physical books, pre-orders and eBooks. Finally, members also receive an archive of 231 book reviews written by myself, covering Turkish and international fiction and poetry, history, politics, journalism, the Middle East and Europe. That archive was written over the course of five years and used to be available online, but nowadays a Turkey Book Talk membership is the only way to access it. To become a member, all you have to do is pledge a minimum of $3 per episode via Turkey Book Talk's official Patreon account. New episodes go out every two weeks, so the monthly membership price is no more than $6. Of course, if you're feeling particularly generous and want to pledge more, then you'll certainly be more than welcome, but so long as you pledge $3 or above per episode, membership is entirely at your own discretion. Members only get charged when a new episode is published, so there are no prior commitments or strings attached. You'll be free to sign off whenever you want. But now let's get on with this latest episode. In it we speak to Mehmet Fatih He's an academic in the literature department at Istanbul Şehir University, and most importantly for us, he's perhaps the preeminent translator of literary and historical works from Armenian into Turkish. He's translated a number of significant texts in recent years, including by the great early 20th century Istanbul Armenian feminist Zabel Yesayan and the 19th century playwright Hagot Baronyan. We talk about both of those names later on in our conversation. We also talk about the practical and political challenges of translating from Armenian into Turkish and the difficulties of juggling academic work with a prolific translation schedule but I started by asking Mehmet Fati Uslu about how he first got started in this field
1: I began to learn Armenian in 2007 I think and the story is Started When I began writing my dissertation, Uh, my dissertation topic was Ottoman theater and dramatic literature. And after a few months of work, I realized that Ottoman theater was a product of uh, mostly Armenians. Armenian actors, directors, uh, stage workers. And it was interesting to see that there were tons of documents in Armenian uh, about theater, books, plays, periodicals and everything, uh, historical documents. So the the question was obvious to me at that time. If I read Armenian, uh, my dissertation would be more complete, would be more inclusive, of course. And I began to seek for a place to learn Armenian. At that time, I was a lecturer at Sabancı University, and it was almost impossible to find a place. I looked everywhere. I asked everyone that I know, but for a non-Armenian, it was almost impossible to learn the language at that time. Then, at the same time, Hrant was assassinated, and as a positive reaction to this horrible assassination, some people, some students and scholars at Istanbul Bilgi University decided to learn Armenian, and I joined them. And that's how I started to learn the language. Later, I studied in Venice, with Professor Bos Levon Zekian for one year, and then I studied at Harvard University with Professor James Russell. And after a while, I can say that Armenian literature became a second PhD to me. And in 2011, I finished my dissertation about Ottoman dramatic literature. It was a comparative literature work on Armenian and Turkish literatures and then I started to work on Zabel Eseyan. At that time Zabel Eseyan was kind of famous in Turkey with her you know, wonderful and very sorrowful life story. But there were nothing in Turkish from her corpus. There was only a translation from English, a half translation of Gardens of Silihtar. And people were talking about her, but there was nothing, there was no real text from her literary corpus. So I decided to translate her works. And that's how my adventure with Yesayan started. My first translation came out in 2015, I think, and I translated three of her novels into Turkish from Armenian.
0: So I want to talk about uh, some of the, the works and the authors that you've translated uh, a bit later on. I think it's part of this, you've referenced it a bit there, it's part of this sort of fluorescence really in recent years, a real development of interest in Armenian literature and a real development in translation of Armenian works, both contemporary and historical, uh, into Turkish in recent years. But yeah. uh, first of all, uh, I want to talk a bit about the kind of technical side of things. Obviously Armenian, very basically, it's uh, it's a completely different script and and there are differences between Eastern and Western Armenian. You translate from Armenian into Turkish. I mean, what eras are we talking about? I mean, is that uh, Eastern or Western Armenian? Is uh-huh. there a big difference between Ottoman Armenian and contemporary Armenian? I mean, could you just kind of lay the groundwork for us in in terms of you know the very technical aspect?
1: Armenian, I think, is a hard language. It's a, it's a Indo-European language. So in terms of grammar, I think it's not very difficult to learn it. But in terms of vocabulary and script, it's a real hard language to learn. Yes, it has two dialects, Western and Eastern. Western Armenian is the dialect of Armenians from Anatolia and, of course, from Istanbul and Izmir. Eastern Armenian is the dialect of Armenians who live in today's Armenia and mostly in Iran. It's like Azeri Turkish and Turkish. Any speaker of Western Armenian can understand the Eastern one and vice versa. But there are important differences in grammar and especially in phonetics. Of course, I translate from Western Armenian because I study on Ottoman literatures and my authors who I study and whom I study and translate are generally from Istanbul. And they wrote their products in Western Armenian, of course. Western Armenian is kind of a frozen language. Today, not many people speak it. There are schools in Istanbul and in diaspora, but most of the young Armenians must speak Western Armenian as a secondary language. They are not natives anymore, I can say. So if one tries to translate anything from Ottoman Western Armenian or Western Armenian from the Ottoman times, it's today's Armenian, (laughs) I can basically say. But of course, Eastern Armenian has changed a lot, especially under the Russian influence. They have many words from Russian, and during the Soviet period, and the alphabet has changed, the orthography has changed to a certain
0: extent. So it has another story, I can say. And is it right that you also translate from Ottoman to modern Turkish? I can do that, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: because I'm a professor of Turkish literature. So I read Ottoman Turkish, of course, but I haven't published anything from Ottoman Turkish so far.
0: How difficult is Armenian as a language to to get to the level of kind of mastery? One big obvious difference that we mentioned there is the scripts. I mean, what else is difficult about it? First of all, it's hard to find
1: a formal institution to learn the language. It's a hard language, but it's not impossible to learn Armenian. It's not as hard as Arabic, for instance, to me. But now Western Armenian lost most of its institutional capacity to teach the language. Even there are important problems to teach the language to native Armenians in Turkey and in the diaspora. So... I think the most important challenge to learn Armenian is that before the language itself, Armenian as a language, if you are interested in Persian or if you speak any other Indo-European language, in terms of grammar, I think Armenian is not challenging. It's not very easy, but the the grammar is not as hard as German or French. Uh, Yes, the vocabulary is really hard and it consists of many long, long words. And the phonetics is hard. That's it. It's a lovely language. It's beautiful. It has a wonderful and very beautiful script. It's a hard one. Generally, students think it's one of the hardest things about Armenian, but it's so beautiful, the script. One can learn Arabic script maybe in one week, and uh, one can learn the Armenian script in two weeks. So, not very hard.
0: As you mentioned that you're you're working as an academic. I think you're in the the literature department at Shehir uh, University in Istanbul. And uh, the translation work that you do is it difficult finding time to juggle both commitments as a you know full time academic and translating presumably in your spare time.
1: Yep, yeah, I'm sure you know that most people at universities uh, do not see translations as valuable, precious or at least important academic products. So when an academic spends his time for translations, it mostly has a serious cost. I'm not happy with this, you know, f- approach with this treatment, but this is how it happens in modern academic life. Uh, but at a point uh, in my career I had to decide to translate or translate or not to translate. And I think I prefer to have this cost. Of course, I want to write a book about Zabelli and now I'm busy with it. But translations took almost three years of my career. I'm very happy with all these translations. People read Zabelle Seyan, and there are many young readers who love her, love her corpus, who love her novellas, and I'm really very happy with that. But in terms of my academic career, I think it's not something very contributive.
0: Now, let's move on to the uh, contemporary interest in Armenian literature. I mean, how much interest is there in today's Turkey in Armenian literature? I believe it's grown uh, over the past few years. Uh, Just talk about that, uh, you know, that development of interest. How has it happened? Why has it happened? And when did it start?
1: Yeah, it's very new. I think the main watershed is, again, the assassination of Ranting. The conference about Ottoman Armenians in 2005 at Istanbul University was also important. In last 10-15 years, there emerged a growing interest to Armenian culture, to the Armenian past of Ottomans and modern Turkey, of course, to the genocide, to all those sorrowful things which mostly Turks do not remember, do not know, or do not prefer to remember, I can say. So, yes, especially after 2008-2007, Turkey had a much more democratic vision. Democracy was something popular (laughs) in Turkey, especially in the first maybe 10 years of AKP government. So, this also helped to this growing interest. But after... 2015 and after the realization of this disappointment of democratization process in Turkey, I think his interest also a little bit slowed down and it's not a topic so sexy as before. But again, there are many students, young researchers who learn Armenian, who learn the language, who are interested in Ottoman literatures in general and Armenian literature also. And we have a wonderful publishing house Aras who produces really very good texts mostly in Turkish and of course in Armenian. They publish like 20 books every year and it's a very high quality publishing house so people are mostly intellectual people are interested in Aras's activity. So especially with the contribution of Aras I think this interest will continue uh, maybe if we reach a more democratic phase in our life these interests
0: will grow again and armenian literature will reach more people yeah we've published a couple of episodes on uh, on aras how important has aras been in this process it seems to have been absolutely crucial as far as i can understand
1: yeah yeah aras is important of course for armenians because it publishes important Armenian classics, modern Armenian literary, you know, works. Some of them in Armenian and most of them in Turkish. So it's a very important cultural institution for Armenians, speak, especially Western Armenian, Turkey and in the in diaspora. Uh, but Aras is much more important for Turks, much more important for us. Because with all these precious translations, with all these you know, valuable literature books, history books, and other publications, it opens a way, it opens a field for Turks to understand themselves with a new eye, with a new perspective. So, I think uh, the function of Aras Publishing House is very important. It's a small publishing house, but their place in our cultural life is really important and
0: invaluable. So how many people do what you do? How many of the people are working in translation of Armenian works into Turkish these days? Not many, of
1: course. Mostly translators from Armenian into Turkish are native Armenians for Aras, especially people who live in Istanbul. But those wonderful people are generally old uh, ladies and gentlemen. And there are some problems with them because I think the most important problem, they are not professionals. And as far as I know, their Turkish is not very sufficient to produce those translations. So their translations need uh, real long and tedious edition processes now uh, some mostly academics uh, learn armenian but i don't know any other one who translate literature from armenian to turkish i know some friends who translated books some memoirs from armenian or from armena turkish yeah turkish in armenian script but yeah i don't know any turkish Person translates from Armenian to Turkish. Apart from so, you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe there are some people, but I don't know them, so I'm sorry for that if this is the case.
0: Now, obviously, given the history, this can be pretty sensitive territory. I mean, in your work as an academic or as a as a critic or as a translator, uh, have you experienced any particular political difficulties in this area? Or? To be candid,
1: uh, I haven't faced any important challenge so far. <laughs> Maybe because I study literature and theater, and people uh, like to talk about historical topics more, especially what happened in 1915 is the main question, and there are many political discussions and historical discussions about this question. But. I haven't faced any difficulty so far and I can say that many young people, especially want to learn the culture that, you know, it's our main culture is a culture of my homeland. It's a culture of the Ottoman Empire. It's a culture of Turkey. So I think it's very close to us. It's maybe it's almost the same culture in many aspects. And uh, many, you know, young, open-minded people now learn, want to learn it, want to be aware of it. And I'm sure that new generations of bureaucrats Politicians also see this dynamic. So Aras continues to grow as a publishing house. Every year we have newcomers in the field. I'm very happy for that. I hope I will not face any challenge in future too.
0: Now let's uh, move on to some of the works that you've translated. Perhaps one of the most recognisable people that you've translated and one of the people you've spent most time translating is uh, Zabel Yesayan. Uh, she was this sort of early 20th century Istanbul Armenian uh, woman writer of fiction, uh, reportage, memoirs. Just introduce to Zabel Yesayan who was she and why is her work important.
1: Yeah, Zabalia Seyan was a prolific feminist writer who was born in Istanbul in 1878. And she was the first woman who had a college education. She went to Paris when she was 17. And she was a student at Sorbonne and she was a very active figure in terms of politics. She, w- she was very prolific, she wrote a lot. For instance, she wrote five novels between 1903 and 1908, which was, the, I can say the dry season of Armenian literatures because of some, especially because of some political reasons. And uh, she came back to Istanbul in 1908. She was one of the pioneers of Armenian literary movement at that time. Uh, In 1915, she was on the list of, she was the only woman or maybe one of two women women on the list of to be arrested Armenian intellectuals. She fled. She went to Bulgaria. She lived in France after that date. And in 1933, she began to live in Yerevan, in Soviet Russia. She was arrested in the stalinist purge in 1937, and she died probably in 1941 or 42 in a place we don't know. Her life story is a magical one. As a woman, as a young woman, she saw everything. She saw all those crises of the period. And she wrote all of those, all of those crises, those important political events in her literary corpus and other texts she produced. But more important than that, she's a very good author. Her life story is great. Her political activity is very important. But... While she was doing all those, her literary production was a pioneering and extraordinary one. She was a very good modernist writer. She created her own style and her literary products carried, conveyed all those modernist, you know, dynamics, all the smells of this modernist milieu to Istanbul, to Armenians, to Ottomans. So that's why Isabel Lysian is important. She is a witness. She is a witness of what happened in Turkey, what happened in the Ottoman Empire, what happened in Soviet Russia. But also as a witness, she, was a, she is a very good modernist author. I think if she was a French writer, she would be much, much more
0: famous. And how many of her works have you worked on the translation of and which works? Yes, I I have translated three of her
1: novels. The first one is Melianurianum, is a narration of Turkish. A uh, lady, aristocratic Turkish lady, who worked in Gallipoli Hospital in 1915. It's it was a time of Gallipoli War, Çanakkale Savası, and at the same time, it was the worst year of Ottoman Armenians. And in Melianurianum, uh, she tries to recount, you know, conflicted feelings of this aristocratic Turkish lady who permanently thinks about patriotism about about. about homeland, about, you know, the enemies of the homeland and so on. I think it's it's very interesting and it was uh, my first translation. Second, I translated Hotis Aksorial, My Soul in Exile, uh, Surgun Ruhum. It's again a novella about, this time about a young Armenian painter, Armenian woman painter who came back to Istanbul after 1909. It's also an account of all those conflicted and complex feelings of a young woman who tries to produce art. Who tries to understand her soul in a milieu of war and, you know, harsh ethnic conflicts. And my last translation was Sonkadeh Vercin Pajagı. It's It's a love story. You know, it's a forbidden love story. Again, its the narrator is a young woman who had a false marriage and who betrayed her husband. And in this account, she recounts her feelings about her husband and about her forbidden love. It's a very challenging book, I can say. As, you know, as a summary of Those three books, one can say that those are all fragmented accounts of women souls who feel themselves alone, who try to find a path, find a way for salvation and at the same time who feel the heaviness of Overwhelming political and social milieu, social structure, especially
0: of their own millet, of their native Armenians. Someone else uh, who you have translated is Hagot Baronyan. Now, he was uh, this 19th century uh, Istanbul Armenian author, uh, slightly earlier than Zabel Yesayan. And uh, he was uh, involved. He wrote some plays, I think. Just describe him, Hagot Baronyan, who he was, what it's like to translate him uh, and what his works are like.
1: Yeah, I studied Hagop Baronian in my dissertation because Baronian wrote I think the most important comic plays in the Ottoman Empire. Uh, My first translation was from Hagop Baronian. I translated Bada Sarapar, a wonderful satirist play from his corpus, uh, I think in two thousand thirteen, and I analyzed some of his plays. In my book, which I published in twenty fourteen, I think he is the most important comic playwright of the Ottoman Empire, among all of them, including Turks and Greeks. He's important because he's a very good writer, but moreover, his literary corpus is a harsh criticism of modernization of Ottoman Armenian society. He is a precious satirist who prolifically wrote wrote on everything, but especially modernization of the you know, classical society. And in his plays and other texts, he wrote extensively on papers. He criticized all uh, new habits of modern life. He mocks all new habits, new lifestyles of Armenians in Istanbul. O- on the other hand, he thinks the, you know very bad situation of Armenians who live in the eastern Turkey and his literary products take their root mostly from the feeling of fury which comes from the indifference of Istanbul Armenians to the real Armenians who live in the eastern Turkey. And uh, what
0: are you working on translating at the moment?
1: <laughs> Nothing, uh, <laughs> because uh, I'm trying to write my own book about Sabelya I'm writing a book about her novels, uh, and it will be a monograph that includes her life story and critics and, and critics of her novels. So I think translations will wait uh, for me to finish <laughs>
0: my own book. That was Mehmet Fati Uslu. Many thanks to him. Remember to consider signing up as a Turkey Book Talk member if you enjoy the podcast and want to help support it. Membership gets you that special 35% discount on Turkey and Ottoman history books published by IB Taurus and Bloomsbury, transcripts in English and Turkish of every interview as it's published, transcripts of the entire Turkey Book Talk archive of almost 100 conversations so far and access to an archive of 231 book reviews written by me covering Turkish history and politics, literature and various other things. To become a member and get all that, you just have to pledge a minimum of $3 per episode via Turkey Book Talk's official Patreon account. Also, please do rate or review Turkey Book Talk on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. Follow via Twitter or like the Facebook page to stay fully updated with new episodes. And I do enjoy hearing from listeners, so please do send any recommendations, feedback, or abuse to William John at gmail.com. But until the next episode of Turkey Book Talk in a couple of weeks, thank you very much for listening.